You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. All right, so taking a different approach today, I know a ton of you are founders of brands, and I personally can relate to that, right? For me, a big part of my dream when I started Privy was to someday sell the business. And in June, feeling very fortunate, we announced our acquisition by Attentive. And I've got a feeling a bunch of you think about selling your business regularly. Don't be shy. It's totally normal. So I, I wanted to bring on my friend, Fan Bai, to help us understand what's happening in the D2C M&A market, how to potentially think about valuations and exits, and how you might go about things if you do want to explore sale. So Fan, awesome to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Ben. Um, you know What we believe at Hedgehog is that there are a few things that are true in the world, death, taxes, and people want to exit their businesses. So these things will all like eventually that. come around. And yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, high level, we're going to spend the majority of the time talking about Hedgehog, where you're the founder and, and CEO. But bring us back 10 years or so. I mean, you and I know each other from your days as the founder of Blank Label, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so... Yeah, how, this is kind of a you know twelve year story in the making for Hedgehog. So I've pretty much been in D 2 C since finishing school, and you know, caught the entrepreneurial bug, but it was non technical, so got stuck in the like physical products world, and ran a menswear business for yeah ten plus years. You know, we started as pure play D 2 C e commerce before D 2 C was a term, and this is when we were building out custom tech, kind of even early Shopify expanded into physical retail, did owned retail, did a number of stores. So yeah, it did that, got it to kind of high seven figures, but 10 years in, kind of get tired. And we started to explore what options were for for an exit. And as a D2C founder, as a lot of founders, the thing that we always pointed to our true north was revenue growth. Hey, if you're growing revenue, you're growing enterprise value. And that's how we thought about the world. So we started to have a few conversations and we started to learn that that's actually not always true. Conceptually, it might be true, but you still need to find a buyer. Like you still need someone to, you know, meet you at the end of the aisle. And what we learned was if you're growing revenue really quickly, you can find a strategic that you know, is going to find you valuable. If you're really profitable, you can find a financial buyer that will kind of, uh, give you a few turns of EBITDA. But in our case, we had always been reinvesting. And so we were kind of stuck in this messy middle. And that was the first kernel for Hedgehog. Yeah, interesting. So you weren't really profitable because you were investing in revenue growth, because that's just as a founder, a lot of times what you think you need. And so, you know, the business is still operating today, but you've kind of put in a management team and stepped aside to build Hedgehog, right? Yeah. So I think there are two different, lots of different founders, but, you know, just to categorize, like you've got like a startup founder and then you've got like, you know, a business owner and a startup founder kind of innately has a problem in their brain. They've got these delusions of grandeur, like you and I, that think they're, you know, we're going to build something big and you're, so, you're always fully reinvesting. You're hiring the next person before you need them. Your timeline is pretty long and you're making risky marketing investments and you're not thinking very much about you know, EBITDA today. And you're also like, hey, you know, the business is always going to be worth more tomorrow. So let's just keep reinvesting. And then you've got kind of a real business owner or a pragmatic business owner that's running it for profit 
my dad always likes to make fun of me. He's like, are you in the for-profit business or not-for-profit business? <laughs> and so, yeah, we, we were you know, in that startup camp, delusions of grandeur, wanted to build a $100 million revenue plus business and never got there. But it also meant that never had that healthy you know, profit profile. Yeah. So now you're working on Hedgehog. How would you describe Hedgehog? Is it a brand? Is it a fund? Like, what is it? So Hedgehog is a holding company that buys niche D2C brands. And so, yeah, through our experience at Blank Label, especially the exit process, we were just ramped up this very steep learning curve. of How does an exit work? Who are the buyers? So one of the first things was like, wow, we didn't know any of this. And not that you start a business to necessarily have an exit plan from day one, but I wish that I kind of knew this in the latter half of the business's life. I like, hey, if you make these decisions along the way, here's how you can kind of start to think about an exit, especially, you know, six, seven, eight years in, I was already tired. And so just wanted to better share that process, that exit process, what the options are. But yes, so, but Hedgehog is a, we're a holding company. Uh, we own a handful of brands and, you know, we're trying to solve this problem in the market that our kind of core belief at Hedgehog is that there's no buy side for not yet profitable sub $15 million revenue brands, but there absolutely should be. Got it. And so that like, that's the deals that you've done are sub 15 million healthy revenue numbers, not yet profitable. That's right. That's right. Because what we, the kind of dissonance or the opportunity that we saw was there's no buy side for this, but there's still absolutely value in these brands, just like there you know, was and is at Blank Label. You know, it's aged, customers keep coming back, they care about the product, they like the product. So there's a good customer file, there's organic traffic, there's a good operating team, just has the wrong size P&L because we kept on trying to throw money at these risky forward investments, only half of which panned out. All right, great. It sounds like you guys are serving a, a very specific niche within the industry that's underserved from the buy side. So am I right that you've bought six brands? That's right. Okay. Yeah, hopefully with a couple more to tuck in um, before the end of the year, but uh, six so far. Nice. And like, what type of brands or, or who are they? Yeah, sure. So all the brands thus far are in kind of soft goods, fashion, apparel, bedding, I'd say two things, half the founding team's background, and then also where we have some supply chain advantages. So just to throw out a couple of our brands, uh, women's wear brands, Rec Room, Francis Austin, Of Mercer, Anisha Apparel Brands, Swoveralls. So we're starting in fashion apparel, soft goods. We think that that will be our like, kind of beachhead, and then we'll go into adjacent categories probably starting in six to nine months from now. That's awesome. So if, if each of these has kind of a couple million in revenue or so, like... The Holtco overall revenue must be growing nicely. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So you know, we started this beginning of the year, and it's um, yeah, it's been wild. Uh, you know, it took us ten years to get to you know high seven figures. We'll be at blank label. You know, we'll get close to ten million in the first year. Wow, at Hedgehog. So it's um, been a good ride so far. That's amazing. So let's get into the meat of it, right? You're you've now bought six companies this year. You're obviously doing a couple more deals. You're talking to more. Like if if you're a founder who's listening and and you think you want to sell, where should they start? Yeah. So we kind of categorize into three different types of businesses. One, which is like you are that startup founder, like I mentioned earlier, delusions of grandeur, want to build something big and power to you. You know, we want we want to see breakout brands and they are growing quickly, doubling and 
hitting 15 million revenue plus and they will you know, once you hit that 15 million plus you can kind of get into that strategics realm you can hire a banker and they'll someone will pay you a revenue multiple and there is kind of a good amount of M&A activity there the second is hey like we are running a business for profit and and their profit first growth second if we get growth fine but and if they're profitable and have 10 15 20 25 percent net margins there are more buyers than ever everyone's coming out of the woodwork you know whether it's a professional financial sponsor whether it's a dentist and their friend like there are more buyers than ever for e-commerce profitable any businesses but profitable e-commerce businesses and then it's really that third camp where you're kind of stuck in between the first two you were trying to grow but growth is tapered off and but you're not yet profitable where we think that there's a lack of buy side and where hedgehog really fits in interesting and so how might each one of those categories be valued in a deal yeah, sure. So if, if you're growing quickly and you're executing well, there are, you know, you're kind of in that high growth range, whether you're priced based on raising additional rounds or you are going to a strategic, we've seen everything from kind of two to four X on the low end, maybe six to eight X, maybe even pushing a little bit more on the high end, at least on the exits, there is a activity, but it's, it is still very hard to pull off you know you you have to be best in class like you know not top 10 percent, top one percent of d2c brands and so you're really trying to back yourself to make those growth investments raise money get diluted to kind of really hit that outlier outcome and if you're in that second camp or, or if you're not sure that you want to be into that first camp you really need to start thinking about running your business profitably and saying hey well maybe you need to like dial down the risk and try to be a really healthy business. Because once you have that, not only do you have a, a lot of buyers and you're not going for that kind of lottery-like outcome, you're also just buying yourself a lot of time. You know, Now you're fully in control. You've got a healthy business and it may not be priced on a revenue multiples. You're priced on a kind of three, six, maybe eight X EBITDA, but you're fully in control. Right, which by the way, for a founder, there's no better feeling than that. I mean, that's yeah. how it should be. Yeah. So I'm totally with you. And then what about that, like that third category where you're not quite profitable yet, uh, but you've got, you know, decent revenue. And then it can get pretty hairy, right? Like we've seen, you know, we see a lot of even venture backed businesses that raise a seed or series A that can't get to the next round. And a lot of times you're kind of in liquidation territory, like there just isn't any more money and you you're running out of working capital and essentially it's a fire sale for less than 0.1 of revenue. And it's a pretty bad outcome for everyone. And and that's really where we saw the disconnect where like, again, this brand, these brands have good meat on their bones and their customers care about them. And we just kind of need to rejigger the P&L to make it work for this business. Yeah, it's interesting. I remember like uh, Brandless, remember them? Yeah, sure. I feel like that was a big story. And then... They basically went bust after raising a, a bunch of venture. Uh, and I, I heard that recently someone bought them just for the cost of the inventory, essentially, and, and brought that back to life. And I, I've heard that it's doing well. I don't know the, the details, but that's interesting. So like as, as a founder listening, that can be pretty scary to hear that, hey, if you're not profitable and you, know, you kind of need to like rejigger things or turn around the company, you know, you could be looking at like, less than one X or significantly point. less than one X. Yeah. Significant. Like if in, in liquidation land, it's, you know, a 10th of that, it's 0.1 X it's 10% of revenue. Yeah. And that's the like kind of unspoken thing. Cause it's not very nice to talk about it. I just thought of in general of the wind downs, but in e-commerce, like 
you know, we get introduced to brands even sometimes a little bit too late. They've already made the announcement to their customers that they're winding down. And, and we usually don't get in kind of post that because we just think that that's such a destroyer of brand equity um, when you've already told your customers that you're winding down. To but, you know, we, we see it all the time. And, you know, you think of a brand that you liked five, you know, a niche indie brand that you liked five years ago. There's a very good chance. Like you go into your closet, you go into your home and you're like, oh, that niche indie brand, what, what like, are they still around? There's a very good chance that they're not around anymore. It's, we think that's really unfortunate that that's the case, but it's, yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, no, it's interesting. So this was super helpful. I think the other big thing on my mind, like, obviously we just went through the process, but we're SaaS, super different. Like you're a D2C brand. I, I have heard of open store. Obviously there's PE, there's you guys, which is like a, a hold co kind of a roll up mix how do you think about the categories of buyers out there? Maybe give us a little bit of education on that. Yeah, sure. So a few different types of buyers. So there's definitely PE dollars and they're coming, kind of continuing to come down market. It's even in their industry, there's more PE dollars than ever. So they need to be innovative on what kind of deals they can do. So one of the ways that they're being innovative is coming down market, but it's still like 10 million revenue is really the floor. It's probably 15 and they really need it to be EBITDA positive. Like they really, yeah. it's a million dollars plus of EBITDA for them to get interested. And they'll price that at like five, six, seven million dollars in enterprise value. And there are definitely strategics. Like I said earlier, it's tricky. It's going to navigate that corp dev team. You need them to care. Often it's just not a priority for right now. And you kind of be big enough. You have a little bit of swagger. and But it's, it's, a, it's a tough one to pull off. If you can pull off, you're going to get paid, you know, handsomely and yeah and then there so yeah this p and then strategics and then yeah this is kind of newer breed and i, I shouldn't say newer breed I, I, holding companies that existed for a long time whether that's the luxuries of you know lvmh and richmond or even more locally the vf corp so or even gap for that matter right multi-brand so but there's a kind of newer generation open store itself a startup keith Raboy raised tons of money kind of trying to do an open door is it open doors yeah open door but now it's open store and then you've got a couple of other folks like 365 holdings out of ohio element brands out of north carolina and then obviously us that are have different approaches to essentially what we're all doing is trying to aggregate or you know share services on the back end to run these businesses more efficiently and then share data and customer lists across the brand so so that's the you know, the whole code play and then then there are marketplaces so this is you know Marketplaces of the wild, wild west, and you know, a micro acquire, a flipper, anyone can list a business. The numbers are management provided financials is the term, I think. Right. But I think, again, like trying to create liquidity in the system. And I think net a good service for founders and buyers for that matter. There is this crazy industry, which is, you know, adjacent to D2C being Amazon and what $10 billion sitting on the balance sheet of Amazon aggregators, even just in the last year. But I would also say then the, in the intermediaries in the space have become much more sophisticated in the last five years, uh, being brokers and bankers, or brokers loosely a term for like on the smaller end and bankers on the higher end. I think folks like Quiet Light and FE International and the brokers, Consensus, MMG on the banking side. And there are definitely more options than ever before for a founder. There are more options than ever if you're high growth. There are more options than ever if you're profitable. But for a founder thinking about an exit, really thinking about which of those camps they sit in. And very often at Hedgehog, like 
you know, we price obviously becomes a factor for us. And, you know, a founder says, Hey, like, you know, that's not a price that, you know, we've got a you know, number in mind, for instance, I'm like, great. And what we really encourage them to do is like really work on profitability because they will get paid more if they're profitable, they'll get paid more if they're growing faster. And, and they're kind of just the, the levers at play. Well, there you go. I mean, I think that's, that's my biggest takeaway here, right? For anyone listening, like hopefully this is a wake up call around profitability if your goal is to sell, yeah. right? We've also seen what's what's been going on in the public markets with brands like Casper and, and all that over the years, right? So like growth at all costs doesn't seem to be resonating with investors and profitability does. So Fan, I, I got to ask, like if you're engaging with a brand to do a potential deal, are you like logging into their Shopify, just looking at their P&L? Like, what does that process look like? Yeah, all of that stuff happens generally post-term sheet. So we'll get an understanding of what some key level metrics, and then we'll put a term sheet around that. And then like, then the due diligence starts and we've got you know, Google Analytics, Privy data, Klaviyo data, et cetera. But mostly just to verify like what the founder said. But on the front end of it, we want to make sure there's brand equity in the business. And that to us is defined by, hey, there's a customer healthy, healthy customer file that's got a repeat trail, that they've got some kind of some base level organic traffic, you know, 10,000 monthly visitors of, you know, organic. And the, the, there is a core business there that isn't to what you said earlier about, you know, early brand lists where it was just like pumping a negative gross margin, terrible ROAS, and like, let's just see if there's this huge opportunity. It turns out that there wasn't. So that we think has very minimal brand equity because there's not really much of a business there. We want to make sure that there is a, a core going concern and, and then we can provide infrastructure to support it. Awesome. Well, this has really been a, a, a 101 in D2C M&A for me. I appreciate you coming on. I guess if anyone's listening and is curious about you know engaging with Hedgehog, like where should they reach you? Anyone can email me, fan at thehedgehogcompany.com. Our website, the Hedgehog Company, uh, I've got a little blurb there about how we view the world, and, and and I will just say, like, we're happy just to be helpful, happy to make introductions to intermediaries, happy to some people are looking to raise, you know, earlier stage and looking to raise money. We're happy to be helpful. I'd say that we definitely felt that we would have done way better at the tail end of blank label had we better known the options and how hmm. if we had better positioned ourselves for an exit. And we kind of felt like it was a bit of a punch in the gut. Like when you go and build something for 10 years and think that you've built some enterprise value and then everyone tells you, actually, you haven't and that there's no buyer for this, uh, it can be right. quite a punch in the gut. And so we're really passionate about demystifying this process and, and helping anyone that's interested. Awesome. Well, Fan, appreciate you taking the time. This was great and look forward to seeing the deals that you announce in the next couple of months. Awesome, Ben. Always great to catch up. Thanks for having me on. Likewise.